Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joliak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. And a pleasant good evening, everybody. Welcome in another edition of Bears Weekly. A lot of love out there for the 2023 Bears locally and nationally as they enter week three of the OTA season. A practice up at Hallis Hall here today. And uh, a lot of the attention centered around, of course, the offensive additions and the play of quarterback Justin Fields. We'll discuss here tonight on ESPN Chicago and the Chicago Bears Radio Network. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We've got our producers, Jordan Tredup and Dan Barilli, helping us out tonight. Kendra Smith and Justin Pottinger in the ESPN 1000 studios. Our executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by NFL Network's very own, uh, and he is always entertaining, a big Bears fan, uh, a perspective from the lifelong Bears fan, Adam Rank from NFL Network. And as usual, my partners, uh, Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, joining us tonight. Fellas, how are we doing, first of all? Big Jim? Doing great, my friend. Good to be with you tonight. So let's have a good one. Jeff, Tom, always a lot to talk about around the league. All right, we'll get Tom on board in a moment. Uh, but I, I mentioned Justin Fields out of the gate last week's show, which was on Thursday, short turnaround. Not much has transpired in the last few days. Uh, but I'm going to go back to Justin Fields, Jim, because uh, I read SportsIllustrated.com today, and one of the hot takes today was Justin Fields will account for 40 touchdowns this year. He scored 25 total last year, 17 through the air, 8 on the ground in 15 games. Uh, the Bears are better at various spots offensively, so the idea is that, yes, that number, what would that mean in terms of wins and losses if he could get to a number like that? Well, I mean, t- to me, you're, when you're throwing 40 touchdowns, that, those are MVP-type numbers, right? Go look at when Lamar Jackson won the, uh, the MVP for Baltimore, right? He had 36 touchdown passes and then obviously his rushing touchdowns as well. So I think you're talking MVP, an MVP type of season when you're doing stuff like or minimum offensive player of the year type of numbers when you're putting up those type of figures, uh, you know, at the quarterback position. I think, is he capable of that? Of course he is. You know, but uh, a lot of things got to come into place. And, you know, I think there are easy goals uh, for him. One, the 55 sacks we all know have to come down. Those are not all on the offensive line. So if he can cut that number in half with the sack totals, and then, of course, his, you know, for me, I think a realistic number, if he's throwing for a little over 3,000 yards, you know, like 3,300 yards, 3,400 yards, averaging like 200 yards a game, I think that's realistic for him to be able uh, to accomplish that. And then, of course, his turnovers. You know, those got to come down. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, the, he had 16 fumbles last year, so minimum can you can you cut that number. Uh, like like it to be cut more than half. And I think those are all realistic goals for Justin Fields to be able to, uh, you know, to achieve in, in 2023. And if he does all of them, uh, the Bears will win more games, period. They'll win more games. I want to talk about something else. I saw on Pro Football Focus about Justin and just quarterbacks around the league, the checkdown rates. Uh, he had a 5.3% checkdown rate in 2022. Obviously, we know he was sacked at a high high rate um, and a throwaway rate of 5%. Okay, we could look at those numbers and compare them, uh, but the third lowest checkdown rate on third down, 
all the running quarterbacks, like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, didn't have any. Uh, zero out of 81 throws on checkdowns. But those checkdowns, though, can lead to maybe shorter line to gain on a fourth down, a better field position, or a tackle that breaks for a first down. And that's why I want to get into a little bit about using the running backs more in the passing game uh, than was the case last year. Do you think that will be on the plate this year? I, I hope it is. And I think, you know, most quarterbacks, when you do, especially in like when you're in a two-minute mode, you know, know where your, your check downs. Because you want to start off a, like a two-minute drive with a positive play. So, to me, like nine out of ten of my, uh, when we did two-minute drives, most likely I was hitting the check down to get a positive play just to generate momentum, uh, you know, as the, the drive goes along. But, yeah, stuff like you're saying, if you know you have an elusive back, uh, like the Bears do. I don't care who you pick, Khalil Herbert. You know, him in space, he's an elusive guy. He's hard to tackle. And when you've got matchup against linebackers, you've got to be thinking those situations uh, going into a game. So, you know, like I mentioned that game against Green Bay where he got uh, picked off by Jair Alexander, that's a first down, first and ten throw that he made when it just should have been, hey, he's not there, let me go to the check down. And it's just that, you know, simple of a decision where it keeps the drive alive, uh, doesn't uh, demoralize your team and d- destroy momentum uh, for your team late in the game. And I think you'll start as a quarterback, the further you get along your career, you're thinking of situations like that. So you're, like you said, you're, you're playing ahead of schedule, uh, so to speak. All right, not there, just taking the check down, and we'll live with uh, second and, say, second and five. You know, and knowing it's a it's a positive play at the end, and and I think Justin will get there. I definitely think he's he's aware of it. Just when I listen to him in his post game interviews, he he sees the entire field. Yeah, and this guy did this, and I saw this guy do that, and that you know, and I should have did this, and so he is self correcting himself, and I already witnessed him self correcting himself last year. So it'll be better. It'll be faster, and he'll be thinking those situations moving forward, I believe. And then that'll set up some deep balls. And deep balls, yeah. uh, you know, last year, I, uh, according to the Pro Football Focus, again, I think 700 deep passing yards. D.J. Moore led Carolina in deep passing yards. He was eighth in the league last year, and we've talked about him last week being a first down to touchdown type of guy. Do you think that's a great pairing now because there's speed here involved and – that should open things up if the the running game remains the same and getting some deep ball accuracy. Yeah, because I, I think he's gaining trust in him. They're they're working their rapport and you know working to get their rapport. And I think you know DJ Moore is a guy that say if it is double coverage like like the trust I had in Marty Booker, I, I was going to throw it up there and give Marty a chance. Yeah, I had to be accurate where I had to place the ball, but I knew what Marty could and could not do, which was he was great. Uh, and manipulating his body and, you know, uh, arcing his body in certain ways where he's going to make an athletic play and, and come down with the ball. How many times have we seen it with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams where you have that type of rapport and, and trust where all of a sudden those guys are getting like 180 targets in a season? I mean, that is a lot of targets. And I would think D.J. Moore is a guy who can command, you know, minimum he should get over 125 in terms of his targets, and he'll probably have over 100 uh, receptions when it's all said and done. But uh, that type of trust, you're going to give those guys more opportunities just because you trust them uh, in double coverage and in certain situations that they're going to come down with the ball. And next-gen stats, uh, this one I, I guess shouldn't surprise me. I, I know the Dolphins are all about speed with Tyreek Hill, but uh, you know, because of Justin last year, plays of 20-plus yards – 
one, the offensive ball carrier reached 20-plus miles per hour. Tyreek Hill, 10. Justin Fields, 9. The only players with more than six touches reaching 20-plus mile per hour. So the ball, the Bears and the Dolphins were the only two teams in the NFL with that number. Uh, do you expect that to remain the same, or will it increase with the increase in team speed for the Bears that they brought in on the offensive side? Well, I, I think it's going to increase just with the team speed they, they, they brought in. And certainly, you know, you just want to be careful with Justin because he even admitted that, you know, again, self-corrector. Imagine how many times he was cramping up, right? The one game he said, well, I just I dehydrate so fast. Now I'm getting IVs every game. So he'll have to monitor that. And, again, you don't want to wear him down uh, as he rolls along. So you're probably going to modify the amount of carries. You know, and just based week to week on how his body's feeling and all those type of things where maybe one week he's incorporated more uh, than another week. That's what the Bills do quite a bit with with Josh Allen. I think you're going to monitor that uh, with Justin Fields uh, throughout the entire year because you certainly don't want him breaking down. You know, another issue that he a hurdle he needs to get over is getting banged up. Right, the dings and the where he's missing time here and there due to just some nicks and bruises that come along with the territory. All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Khalil Herbert from last week's OTA sessions, talk about how he views his offseason and getting better. We'll also hear from Kyler Gordon tonight and Dave Borgonzi on the Bears' new linebackers. We'll talk edge rushers and try to bring Tom Thayer in, having some technical difficulties here at the moment. We'll get it straightened out and be back with you here on Bears Weekly with John, uh, Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak here on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. The access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller, and Tom Thayer now on the phone line. Got some gremlins tonight, big time. We're working through it, but we got you. You know, Jeff, I'm the worst person to have technical errors with because I'm the most difficult person to try to get them figured out. So I'll contribute in any way I can. I know, and that's uh, that's called teamwork, Jim Miller, right? Yeah, we've all been through it. We've all been through it. Tom's a good teammate, man. You know he wasn't going to miss out on this game. You know that. He doesn't miss games. Oh, no, he does not. Does not miss games. So we touched on Justin in that first segment, and we've talked about this a lot. But I want to talk about the running backs, and, and this goes back to what you keep talking about, too. You know, Getting the ball to them, you talk about that David Montgomery play first uh, game of the season, get the ball to him and, you know, get things running. You know, last season, just getting the ball to the backs, uh, I, I, I envision it better. Montgomery was targeted 40 times, 34 catches, 316 yards. Khalil Herbert, just 12 targets, 9 catches, 57 yards. Uh, can this change here in 2023, Tommy? It's got to change, but it's got to kind of change with a mindset from Justin Fields because I believe Justin has such high belief in his running skills that he's almost disappointed when he has to check it down because he can turn a possible check down route into however many yards it's going to get to every time he gets into the second level of the defense, it could turn into a touchdown. So, But in, in all fairness to Justin's safety, we are talking about the first sack of the year that Justin took last year. should have been a simple out route to Dave Montgomery. Instead, he took an awkward hit that resulted in the stack. And you know the analytics of a, jo- uh, a drive resulting in a score when there's a sack involved. So I look at it, you know, selfishly for Justin's safety, but I also think that they have a slew of good receivers that 
uh, are going to are going to be fighting for time in training camp. Oh yeah, it's going to be fun to spread that ball around. Don't forget the tight end position either. Uh, Khalil Herbert last year we forget, or maybe we don't. Jim, he led the NFL. 5.7 yards a carry at the running back position, just the running back position in 2022, his second season. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, you know, with the adjustments on their offensive line, I, you know, I do think their goal is, is why can't they lead the league in rushing again? I think they're better up front uh, with drafting Darnell Wright, moving Cody Whitehair uh, back to center. So minimum, that should be their goal again. I don't see any drop-off that they'll run the ball any any worse. But I do think there are opportunities in the pass game with those guys out of the backfield. You know, with Herbert, who I think is more than capable of doing it, I think Rashawn Johnson, who they drafted, even though he's a bigger back, I do think Foreman and him still have the ability uh, to do that. And a lot of times when we're talking checkdowns, it doesn't just mean it's the back. You know, it's, it could mean, you know, like when you've got a, a level principle or X shallow cross principle, you know, you can have your third receiver is ultimately going to be your check down that maybe is just, you know, crossing the field and sits down at the opposite hash mark where that could be your, your third check down. So there are going to be numerous outlets where he can get to a check down that, again, I, I think guys are capable of doing it, can make a guy miss and break a tackle and get a big positive play. And it's all just by – you know, throwing not even what is essentially a five-yard pass. I mean, let's let's face it. Some of those bubble screens are thrown behind the line of scrimmage and can end up being a, a plus 10 gainer, plus 15 gainer. We've seen uh, plays like that go to the house on just a short pass play. All right. So if I'm not mistaken, in your 2001 season and the time you spent with the Bears beyond that, the shallow cross was big, right? Yeah. Yeah, it certainly was. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, we did. Uh, we we do a lot of X shallow cross because it's a good quarters coverage beater. Like uh, we must have ran the play. Like I think we went up to Green Bay and ran X shallow cross. It must we must call it eight to ten times in that game. And Marty Booker or Des White would get it, and they'd, they'd split. It was perfect because the linebackers are are basically vacated because they're taking the the second level players, and then that X shallow comes wide open, and your outside receiver is already driven off that quarter's coverage. So there becomes comes like a little lane where you just it's a five yard pass, but yet Marty Booker would I think minimum he got like twelve yards after the catch on every single one of those, and so they're they're just. Level principles where you're just attacking different levels uh, of the defense, and they're very effective, and it makes them cover quite a bit of quite a bit of area space that they've got to be prepared for. You know, one thing we can't ignore either is you know we really aren't going to get um, the pass protection revealed to us until the first week of the regular season because they're not going to play enough time together during the preseason. You're not going to see it really live in practice, and you're going to you know see a lot of different combinations of those groups and I think when you talk about the efficiency the effectiveness of where you want to throw the ball a lot of it is the quarterback is is confident in his time of protection I think that's going to be huge in in helping the quarterback too also Khalil Khalil Herbert uh, our guy that was uh, at the podium last week uh, for the OTA availability for the media uh, touched on a couple of things about what he's working on one of them is just pass protection and he builds from there you got to be all down every down back so that's a big that's a big part of it um, and it's something I worked on throughout this offseason and um, you know I don't I don't know what compared to the other guys but it's something that I I'm, I've been working on to fix so how do you work how do you work on that um, punching punching bags boxing I did boxing this offseason just to work on my punch timing uh, different things like that you know everybody's different but that's what I, I try to working on to help me 
I just approaching it as comp, you know, every day, got to compete, got to compete. And I come in with the mindset, you know, obviously um, I want to be the starter. So just coming in with the mindset of leading and doing what I got to do and, uh, you know, doing what I do every day that I've been doing. And, you know, I feel like things will work out. So, you know, I, I think this is most one, one of the most important elements. If you do want to consider yourself, have the lead, consider you uh, three down back. It's because of your ability to protect against linebackers, blitzers from the outside or even from the third level. And so I do think that's one of the hindrances of Khalil being that next level back. If he can come in there and stand up against his pass protection responsibilities, not only on third down, but first and second down when you get a team that likes to attack a lot. And, and I think that will be, you know, you know, heavily involved in, in the total evaluation of Khalil. Hey, Jim, uh, guys coming out of college, you know, so, very few are ready uh, for pass protection. You'll, you'll get some scouting reports on guys that are, and they've had plenty of experience at it, uh, but typically it takes a year or two to get your, your feet under you to really understand uh, what you have to do and deal with those bigger bodies coming at you in the league. Uh, I also uh, – want to talk about this aspect of things with, with Khalil because he was asked last week, you know, uh, uh, do you have anything to prove? And he goes, no. I mean, he kind of chuckled. He said, I don't have anything to prove. I believe in myself, and I want to be the starting back. And I know there's a lot of competition here. And I do think they're going to spread, spread the wealth around. And, you know, guys are going to emerge at different aspects of games like he did last year. You go to the hot hand, and they got Roshan Johnson. And, boy, is he impressive. He looks impressive. He – he is totally driven to be something special. And Dante Foreman from last year, terrific end of season, stayed healthy and had a great, great, uh, great season there in Carolina. So, uh, and, uh, and there's other guys too. There's other guys fighting for time. Yeah, well, I, I think for Khalil, I, I do. I think he can be an, an every down back. I, I don't think the Bears want to use him in that capacity because, like you mentioned, you got the big guys who are, I always call them the meat tenderizers, and then you've got the the burst of speed by Khalil Herbert. Because one thing that I've noticed about him as is, is a runner, one, he's extremely patient, he's got great vision, but he's got that second gear, that just that little bit more burst of, of juice than, say, David Montgomery where I thought at the second level he's got another gear where he can take it, uh, you know, just for more consistent explosive runs at the end of the day. But like you said, if he's if he's a hot hand in the game, that's typically what you're going to go with, you know. And if, if he's feeling it in, in one game and, you know, offensive coordinator uh, Luke Getze just says, hey, man, let's just stick with Herbert. He's He's got a great drive going here. There's no sense in pulling him out. And, Normally that can lead to just a great game where he gets more opportunities maybe that particular week. Could be week 7, could be week 10, could be week 15, whichever it is, and you'll stick with the hot guy. You know, one thing about pass protection, though, with the running back, let's be realistic about it. It's not the requirements of an offensive line what they need to, you know, uh, protect a quarterback for three or three-plus seconds. A running back has to come up and, you know, stay, uh, stop, a, you know, have a stalemate against a blitzing linebacker, be able to rush a defensive back to the outside and widen the pocket. So, you know, in terms of Khalil, he can do everything that's required of him. It's just about making sure that you have the courage to stand in there and create that stalemate against sometimes, uh, you know, a bigger body linebacker at times. I, I like that you threw boxing in there. I know uh, Jason McKee did that as a player as well. He felt it helped. They're not the same footwork, obviously, in the two sports. Brad Biggs uh, outlined that uh, this week in, in the Tribune, a nice story about uh, Khalil. Uh, 
by, by any means necessary. You know, work, work on whatever to get your, your hands and feet married up at any position in the league. And uh, I, I, hey, listen, I don't know. I, I know you just lifted weights, Tom. I don't know what else you did. That's I, I don't I know. Did. I don't know. Did you, did you run at all in the offseason? Did you try other of things? Course. Wait, did you try? Like, wait, wait, wait. I know you love the weight room. But did you try other things as you got older in your career to fine-tune or just try something different? Or was it all about the weight room? It was all about Clyde Emmerich. Because what Clyde Emmerich was able to teach you inside the weight room and the inner, the, the competitiveness in a friendly way amongst everybody on the team and the way we encouraged each other to be strong. But he also had a variety of running tools that we got, we did out in the field. And a lot of them they don't use today, but I think the way Clyde incorporated them, like it was what? more realistic of the, the requirements of the positions in the way it helped you. So, so like what? So we had a thing called woes and goes. So we started on the goal line in a three-point stance, whatever your stance was. And then you sprinted that next 20 yards. You got back in a stance. So you're up and down. You're out of your stance. You're pushing off with your calves. You're doing things that you do every single day in football in terms of breaking the huddle, getting the line of scrimmage, getting in your stance, and using your stance as a weapon. And then we had these ropes that we used to run through. And we used to have a variety of different ways that – whoever was leading that day or who was ever leading that session could do a lot of different, a lot of versatility. And you were picking your feet up high off the ground and, you know, creating balance and creating strength and creating organized conditioning that was going to help you in the sport. So those are just a couple of things that if you go back and you get the generations that were raised by Clyde over at Hallis Hall, you can see how beneficial all those things that we did uh, throughout our career and here jim i thought woes and ghosts was the title of my autobiography coming out after my career i, I didn't know that uh, you got did, no woes <laughs> did you did you incorporate new things did you seek out quarterback coaches beyond the ones that you are employed by to try to enhance your game as you got older in the career no i i never did that i did a lot of uh, the stuff on my own like for strengthening my shoulder and stuff and, and things like that. But one thing I did incorporate is similar to what Tom did. You know, for any player of the Bears, I would keep every script through, say, the OTAs. Why would I do that? Because then you'd go home and I'd say, all right, I'm going to go back through this practice and I'm gonna t- now I'm going to simulate every single play myself. So you're getting an actual physical rep. Like you said, you had call out the play. You act like you're breaking the huddle. You go up to the line of scrimmage. You run out all the mechanics of that play uh, in full speed. And, yeah, it could be with the high school kids or wherever I'm at. I tell them what to do or, or whatever. But you're simulating that play, and it simulates football and that because that's how you're going to get into football shape, right, is playing football. And so I would, I would go through every single one of those scripts and, you know, whatever – the OTAs are. Maybe you get in the 30, 40, 50 plays uh, in a script and just go out there and, and basically get another practice, but yet you're uh, gearing yourself and conditioning yourself uh, for football, but yet still challenging yourself for all the mental aspects of reading coverages and where to throw the ball and going through your reads and your mechanics and your footwork and all those type of things. And and to me, that was just a one simple thing that I started to implement in, in my preparation for training camp leading up uh, towards the end of my career. 
Time for a break. Coming up next on the other side, we'll be joined by Adam Rank from NFL Network. With Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, this is Bears Weekly on the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Hey, you want VIP access to every Bears home game? No, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more. Now available, get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting Chicago Bears vib.com from Sirius XM NFL radios moving the chains former Bears quarterback Jim Miller and my Super Bowl guard my broadcast partner Tom Thayer hey fellas uh, Tremaine Edmonds a guy we're going to be talking a lot about TJ Edwards as well at the linebacker position last week uh, dipped into a conversation with the media with uh, linebackers coach Dave Borgonzi yeah, I mean, look, at linebackers, you're involved in the run in the pass. So, you know, whether we're blitzing or we're in coverage or we're playing against the run, um, I think it all kind of works hand in hand. Uh, but there's definitely, you know, ways we can use him. He's unique. You know, Tremaine's he's big, he's athletic, um, he's physical, and he's really smart. So, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to um, use him in different ways. So his size, does that allow you to do anything differently in the middle of the field? Um, no, not really. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do what we do, and uh, they've had a pretty big linebacker here before. I heard who are number fifty four, and he's six four and change. And um, so, um, yeah, I mean, look, when you play a lot of zone defense and you're six four and a half, you you could take up a lot of space and fill up windows and zone coverages. So, um, it definitely helps the coverage part of it because he he is such a big person. Would you describe how those Edwards also just they? jumped out and hey this is our defense now right? yeah so like both of those guys have played a lot of football um tj came out in 2017 termaine came out in 2018 and so they've seen a lot um this is a different system but there's a lot of similarities to where they were at before um so i think there was um a lot of carryover and i think they were able to come in and, and understand it right away and play fast um and they're both really smart and they both take their job really serious so I think it's it's been really good in the linebacker room, but also just for the defense to see how those guys approach it. Edmonds is really young for his he, age. He, that so he so <laughs> he, tur- he just turned 25. Right. Yeah, sure. uh, he came into the league when he was 19. Right. So you know this is going to be his um, sixth season. Um, so he just turned 25 in May. I believe it was May. He just turned 25. I think it was May. Anyways, um, yeah, so he's young and he's played a lot of football. And he's, he's been really durable. He's, I think he's only missed seven games in five years. So um, he still you know, has a lot of good football in front of him. And uh, you throw Jack Sanborn in there, too, and the competition from the young guys. Jim, just the presence of Edmonds over the middle, what does that mean to a quarterback, especially goes eyes on the shorter side? when you see that uh, big, angular body with long arms in the middle of the field. Yeah, and he's been a, a green dot guy since he arrived in, in the NFL. I remember when he arrived in Buffalo, and even Sean McDermott said he, he picked up everything very quickly. You know, this guy was their green dot. He called all their plays, uh, reacts quickly. He's played a lot of football, like you said, and he's matured uh, quite a bit as well. And he was already a mature kid then. Uh, when he came in the league, which is hard to believe that it was as young as as what he was. And so I think both him and Edwards have that experience. They'll pick up this defense quickly. They are fast, reactive uh, uh, players that I think fit fit in nicely with the, the Bears scheme and what they want to do uh, defensively, and I think they'll be, they'll be counted on. You know, that is, a, that is a strong part of the defense, I think, is the secondary and the linebacker group, and uh, I think we're still waiting to see where the pass rush will, will be. But uh, they'll be counted on to be good, really good players. 
Yeah, you know, Jim, you said it. It's, you know, what is their relationship and how is it going to develop with the defensive line? Because if you think of the defensive lines and the teams that they just came from and how deep and experienced, how good of productive defensive lines they were, if the Bears can kind of formulate a plan to get a rotation of fresh bodies, guys that have different types of traits during the reps that they get to play, that's going to be the the best thing that linebackers can have is that quality defensive line in front of them that are the offensive line is more concerned about the initial line of scrimmage than they are the linebackers and give those guys a little bit more freedom. So I think throughout training camp, you know, a lot of the individual drills that they do and the teamwork drills they do and the mechanic works they work they do, it's going to be interesting to pay attention because the linebackers as as great as their careers have been up until this point, they'll be as good as their defensive line plays also. A quick check of the day's news and a trip around the league coming up in our next segment with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. This is Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears Weekly on AM1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by CDW. People to get it. A couple of minutes to go. So our quick whip around. We'll start with Tom Thayer. Uh, news on Leonard Floyd, the ex-Bear, now a Buffalo Bill. One-year deal. Yeah. You know, he's had nine sacks or more in each of the last three years. They need an opposite bookend of Von Miller, depending upon Hill, how he'll return from the injury. I think it's a good sign for Buffalo. And a $68 million extension for Ed Oliver, Jim Miller. Yeah, I talked to their defensive line coach and said, hey, if he just learns to be more reactive from the from the neck up, you know, and just think about more situational play. This is an explosive guy who can get upfield. And, again, he's always had a good defensive line rotation around him. But, uh, you know, not up there with the guys like Deron Payne, you know, who get the, uh, the $90 million deals. But uh, certainly Ed Oliver was rewarded handsomely. Jim, quickly, uh, I think this was uh, the NFL uh, next-gen stats. Turnovers forced by pressure by players. Number one since 2017 is Miles Garrett with 24, but Yannick Ngakwe second with 19. Should the Bears be interested? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they should be talking to him. He sounds like he wants to play for a contender. Don't know if the Bears would be on his, his radar screen, but, hey, it never hurts to, to place a phone call because he's a good football player. And, and uh, dirt has been dug for the new stadium in Buffalo, Tommy, today. You know, that's a landmark move by a historic franchise. I don't know how they're going to take it. It better be, it better be a grand palace. Yeah, it looks like it will be. That's going to do it, fellas. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jimmy. Sounds good, my friend. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to Adam Rank from NFL Network, Eric Ostrowski, our executive producer of the Bears Radio Network, Kendra Smith and Justin Pottinger in the ESPN 1000 studios. For Dan Brilli and Jordan Tredup as well, we'll talk to you next week. Stay tuned. Jeff Miller, Tyler Rocky next. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Brought to you by Verizon and Apple Podcasts. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Ben Rivers and Miller Lite.